Today's readings offer two examples of how we can respond to the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives. And I'd like to talk about them this morning because I believe they have something to tell us about how we might respond to the same. So often in the Bible, women are not named. There's the woman at the well, the Syrophoenician woman, the widow's might woman, the woman caught in adultery, etc. But in today's first reading from Acts, we meet Lydia, who is awesome. A prosperous businesswoman. We assume she was either unmarried or widowed, because if there had been a man in the picture, the culture of the time would not have allowed her to be the breadwinner. Lydia may not have had any children either, because the passage states she and her household were baptized, as opposed to she and her family and her entire household were baptized. Also, that detail, I don't know if you caught it, about her dealing in purple cloth is telling, as it also speaks to her wealth. The dye used to make the color purple was expensive, so Lydia was definitely high-end in her line of business, more Neiman Marcus than T.J. Maxx. (laughs) And the Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Once she becomes a believer, Lydia urges Paul and Silas to stay in her home, a place that later becomes a gathering spot for the nascent Christian community in Philippi, a house church. In those first years of the Jesus movement, Lydia becomes one of a group of people who are wealthy converts to Christianity and also benefactors who supply the missionaries with places to stay and worship and also supply funds for their travels. This network of people contributes greatly to the expansion of early Christianity. The writer of the book of Acts, whom we call Luke, gives us the gift of naming Lydia so that we can give thanks for women like her who heard the message of salvation early on and responded with generosity and an open heart, and thus the movement thrived. Now, some of us are wealthy, too. I've been a rector in Los Gatos now for a year and a half, and I have come to realize that some people here are not as rich as the stereotypical view of this town seems to indicate. On the other hand, others are even wealthier than I'd imagined. So wherever you fall on that spectrum, the question is the same. How will you respond to the call to generosity and compassion inherent in the words and actions of Christ. All of us here are better off than 90% of the world's population and probably two-thirds of this country's. Like Lydia, can we open our hearts to listen eagerly to what these scripture passages and these sermons tell us week in and week out? Can we find a way to get past our own comfort zone and engage in ministry that might one day prove transformative for the people whose lives we touch and for ourselves. I pray we can. The second example of responding to the good news is in our gospel passage. A lame man, sick for 38 years, 
has for many years been lying next to a pool at the Sheep Gate of the Temple in Jerusalem. It was a five-sided pool with five porticos surrounding it, similar to porches, like, like a covered entranceway. Incidentally, this pool has been discovered and excavated on the north side of the temple court near St. Anne's Church, and it does indeed have five porticos, a testament to the author of John's Gospel's accurate knowledge of Jerusalem. On another important side note, the Gospel text we heard this morning is from an older and presumably more reliable manuscript. You know, the, the, the thought is the older the manuscript, the more, um, the more real it is, the more valid it is. We know this because later versions of John, discovered by scholars, insert an explanatory verse about why the waters of the pool get stirred up. I don't know if you caught that and wondered what that was about. Why do the waters getting stirred up matter to healing? Well, this verse was inserted later in the text as time went on. In these porticos lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the stirring of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well from whatever disease that person had. Without this explanatory verse, we'd be left wondering why this lame man is lamenting that no one puts him into the pool when the water is stirred up. So here is this helpless man, lame for years and lamenting his close proximity to healing, so tantalizing yet unattainable. And Jesus comes along, doesn't even say hi to the guy, but knowing that he's been there a long time, asks him, do you want to be made well? Now in the past... I've always felt sorry for the lame man because everyone else had been beating him to the pool and he'd been languishing for years. But this year, I think I've just gotten meaner. <laughs> he strikes me as kind of whiny and pathetic. I know that's not a nice thing to say, but what I hear Jesus asking now is, do you want to be made well? I mean, come on, you would think that after almost 38 years of missing that first stirring of the water, the guy would have developed a strategy to get there before anyone else. If on the one hand, he saw others getting there first and being healed from their afflictions, wouldn't that motivate him to try something different? Maybe, I don't know, strike a deal with the others just this once to let his poolside seniority give him priority. And even icing on the cake makes you take a number when you shop there. <laughs> on the other hand, if he saw people stepping into the water first after the stirring and they were not being healed, why not go somewhere else and try to live some semblance of a life? Instead, the man is lame. He lies there contributing nothing to his world. He engages in no words or actions that might help things be better for someone else. And he remains stuck in his own victimhood. I feel mean saying that. I Pause there. This healing story is somewhat unique in that the man doesn't even ask Jesus for healing. He's just sitting there. Jesus comes up to him instead. 
And the man never answers Jesus' question, doesn't say, yes, I want to be made well, sir. Moreover, unlike so many who are healed, especially after years of an ailment, he does not thank Jesus, nor does he follow him like the blind man born from birth does when his sight is restored. In fact, a few commentaries I read this week suggest that the man actually betrays Jesus to the religious leaders, maybe inadvertently. We don't hear it in today's passage, but in the following verses, the man gets in trouble with the Jewish leaders for carrying his mat, for doing work on the Sabbath. And when he later finds out that it was Jesus who cured him because he never even got his name when it happened, he goes back to the authorities and tells them it was Jesus. This begins a round of persecution on their part against Jesus. Not so cool on the part of the lame man. So I feel like I'm skating close to like blaming the victim here. And I don't want to do that. But the point is, we are, called, we are called to something in our lives. And we need to try to step up for it. He might not be the best example, but the message for us regardless of whether the lame man is pitiable or pathetic, is, do you want to be made well? The message contained in the good news is transformative. Yet some of us sit here year in and year out, waiting for someone to save us or tell us the thing that'll make us act, waiting to be healed. When the healing or the transformation that you long for doesn't show up, Will you lie there and lament it for years? Or will you make an effort to overcome what ails you, stirring yourself out of your stuckness? I certainly need to hear this question, mired as I am in some questionable habits and judgmentalism of my own. What would my life look like if I crawled my way towards healing that I know is so close and just requires a little less ego and fear on my part. Do you want to be made well? Do you want transformation in your life? Or do you want the comfortable discomfort that you live with now? May we all one day have the strength and the courage to be more Lydia than lame man with God's help. Amen.